there, entrepreneur. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the last episode where I interviewed Catherine Rose, who is the CEO and founder of WiseHer, you need to go back. Why? Because she is essentially what I like to refer to as the poster child for resilience in business. I had a front row seat for watching her build her current company, and I've never quite seen anybody like her. So go back and check it out. But for right now, I am jumping in with the beautiful Shannon Crotty. Let's go. Ever found yourself teetering on the edge of throwing in the towel? You know, asking yourself questions like, is this supposed to be this hard? Or is it even possible to succeed at this entrepreneur thing? I completely get it because I built my successful businesses while juggling major health issues for my children and myself, debt piling up to my eyeballs and so much more. Want to know how the hell I succeeded and how you can too? Tune in to find out. Here we go. everyone. I am really, really excited to welcome the beautiful Shannon Crotty to the show today. You know, Shannon is a wife of a handsome husband, shout out to Brian, and mom of three extraordinary adults. She is also the founder and CEO of Polka Dot Powerhouse, which is a global connection company for women. She lives in, you know, West Central Wisconsin, and she enjoys travel, cooking, and being a fierce, fierce, Ambivert, which I am, I'm on board with that as well. Um, you know, I'm just, again, thank you so much. I mean, I love Poker Dot Powerhouse, obviously. I'm a member, I'm an MD, I'm a big fan, and I'm a big fan of yours. So thank you for joining us today. Oh, Michelle, thank you for having me. This is a great honor for me. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're really going to have a good conversation today. I mean, I think it's, you've just got such a rich background into how you, you know, came about, you know, this polka dot powerhouse and powerhouse, the stress on that word, because it's just an amazing organization. Um, so can you just give people kind of that, that snippet of the backstory? And, you know, as we always all get, what is a polka dot powerhouse? Where, where did the name come from? All of that good stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. So polka dot powerhouse it is, is what you mentioned. It's a connection company for women, but it really started. And I think a lot of things start out of the founder's um, you know, disabilities and their, their problems. And it started from me being a transplant from Wisconsin or from Oklahoma to Wisconsin for a man, for my husband, Brian, and feeling, going through a period of disconnection that happens for a lot of people when they transplant or people in general and struggling through that and having never gone, really felt that before in my life and kind of, you know, meeting different people, doing different things, but just, you know, kind of maneuvering my way through that obstacle. Um, the name is really is really interesting because my sister Tina, I have a little, I have a picture of Tina. That's my sister Tina. I love Tina. it. I love it. Um, she was my older sibling, my only sibling, and she passed away about two years before Polka Dot. And she was one of my one of my you know my posts, my foundation posts. And so her passing was really really hard for me. And she was really actually it's a long longer story, but she was one of the about five people that I felt like I could really be myself with. So that true feeling of sisterhood, that true feeling of connection. And um, so she passed a couple of years before Polka Dot, but about the time that I was starting to have the, the pop rocks of Polka Dot through a magazine that I owned for women, um, Tina, um, I was praying to her. I was upset about something. And I remember saying, Tina, I just need your help and I need your guidance. And all of a sudden the name Polka Dot Powerhouse was in my head. 
Yay. So Tina sent me the name. We, on a side note, we say all new members are sisters that Tina has sent. And uh, some of the ways people find us, I know that that's, you know, that's the case. I'm like, that's a good one, Tina. I saw that one. <laughs> but it really, the community has really, I know you, you and I have discussed this before. I was a founder and CEO of a company for connecting people, and I was a horrible connector. Right. So over the last eight years of the company, it's, it's really not only transformed other people's lives and brought them connections that have changed the game for them in many ways, it's done that for me. You know, I was kind of in hiding, afraid, afraid I was going to be exposed because I was a horrible connector. And this community has really taught me how to do that. Yeah. I mean, and that's a really good point because I think sometimes people assume kind of CEOs and founders and leaders are just, you know, super good at like, they're all extroverts, all of them, right? All of us are extroverts. We all know just how to talk to people and not be awkward in any way, shape or form, um, which is a lie, right? Like we're people. It's a lie. I was Googling when we first started and we started to take off True story. I'm Googling, what is the founder supposed to eat? What are they supposed to wear? And what are they supposed to say? Like, because all the founders I knew, like, looked like they came out of the womb. Ah. Yeah, right. And went to the special school and I, I was just me. And what did these people expect? So it's, you know, it's, it's really amazing what we believe or the stories we create in our heads, what a title looks like. Yes. And then when you're thrown into that, that total terror of thinking, but that's not me. Yeah. And I mean, I remember when I was going through the MD interview, you were talking about like you guys had hired, what was it like a publicist or a handler or something like that for you and Brian, like, and then they were, you know, almost created the opposite effect of what you wanted, right. you know, of like, stay away from the people, stay removed, don't talk to anyone. And, you know, talk a little bit about that because I think there's, there's the opposite end of it too. Yeah. We worked with a brand specialist that also helped us with events in the very, very beginning, a wonderful person, great intent. But what I learned is, you know, the people that work closely with you have to also be steeped in the same vision as you. And for whatever reason, this person and I just were not. And they were saying, look, founders don't, you're not, you can't do this. Founders don't do this. And, and so we were like at our, our main annual event, you know, sequestered into that hotel room. Don't leave right. the hotel room. That, and that was a really miserable year for me. And um, what I found out later, the, the members didn't really know that, right? We didn't make a grand announcement. Shannon is holed up in the, in the room. <laughs> Do not go to room but, 202, yeah. <laughs> but the members felt disconnected from me that year. So it had the opposite effect. And what I, I learned over time, again, that person was a great person, but I had to also learn to put everything through my filter right. and trust my gut to know that, look, as the person with the vision, as the leader, it is your job to protect that vision. And you will have all kinds of well-intentioned people trying to pull it in the direction that they see it. And you, as the person entrusted with it, it's your job to say, have the courage to say, no, that's not right for us. That's not right for me. And that's, I had to, I had to grow um, a couple of, you know, yeah. strong arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, not that I beat anybody up, but emotionally and, and just, you know, verbally saying, no, that's not right for us. And having the courage to, you know, Oh, you want to make everybody happy. That's never going to happen and make any ground in nope. this world. I had to learn to do that a little bit. And that's, that's just such a fine line to walk, right? Because it's like, you know, you, like you said, you can't make everybody happy. That is virtually impossible. And I find a lot of, you know, maybe men have it, but I see it a lot more in women that I coach too, is that, you know, they have the pleasing, performing, perfecting kind of thing in their head, you know, and that takes over. And sometimes I've watched it trump people's visions, like you're saying, like in tank their companies, right. um, you know, but so bravo to you for holding strong. And that may mean pissing some people off and yeah, you know, 
<laughs> but you know, it's that glory of the gift of 300 feet, the gift yeah. of the length of headlights, because if I had seen some of the things that I would have to stand my ground on, if I had known some of the things that were coming in the beginning, oh, hell no, I would have yeah. cut and run. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's way too scary. Luckily for me, you know, you're only given the amount that you need to see right now as you right. have the tools and you have the strength. And when you have more strength and capability, you'll be shown more. And thank goodness for that, or I would still not, I would not be here in this position. Yeah. And I think that is, that is a good one to drive home. Any of you entrepreneurs listening or any just people period listening, you know, that headlight vision is extremely valuable because sometimes we get so, so psyched out about something that's not even remotely in our headlights that it stops us from greatness. So I just, I love it when you, you know, you say that and you kind of drive that point home. I mean, and there's something to be said too. And I know that this is something that you like to talk about as well is, you know, there are differences in what kind of you think success are going to look like versus what it actually ends up looking like. Like you said, everyone sees those founders and they're kind of like, well, like perfect, like human beings, but people may not see the stuff that's happening behind. They may not see the hard work, the, you know, I know for myself, there's been moments before I've gotten on a stage where, you know, I'm taking calls from my kids and like just craziness of real life. So, I mean, speak a little bit about kind of that dual I don't know that not dual personality, but you know what I mean? Like that double, double-edged sword is a good word for it. You know, <laughs> I, th- I think it's a matter of remembering that when, you know, when you're building something, the, the construction's not complete until the project's complete and the project's not complete until you leave it. Yes. Right. Your part in that project's not done until you leave it. And so, you know, I have had people come up to me at events and say, well, I cannot wait till my company is where your company is because I'll have way less stress. And I'm like looking at them going, good luck with that. Good luck with that. Because the bigger the construction, yeah, the more permits and the more inspections and, and exactly. the more, you know, all those things. So it never, it doesn't stop. And, and the bigger project you're building, the bigger vision that you have, the more people that you are not going to make happy. Yeah. And sometimes you only hear from the squeaking, correct? True. And so there's some, there's some days and I don't care who you are and what you're doing. And, you know, you mentioned before you're going on stage, what's going on. And I, there's someone, there's a um, celebrity that I follow and during COVID she'd posted on her Instagram, I miss the butterflies. Like that nervousness, that um, occasional questioning, that frustration never, ever leaves. And I think that we're all if we're being honest, and I love it when leaders are honest because it helps people feel that they're not doing things wrong just because it's yeah. not like the way it looks on social media. We are all riding that tightrope between sheer exhilaration and total terror every day. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. All the time. No matter and, and you can you can look at people in you can look at the leaders that you admire in big, huge roles and know that that is the same for them too. Yeah. It does not go away. In fact, it intensifies. But again, you have to remind yourself, even in the moment you're like, I don't know about this. Like, what was I thinking? That, look, I've been entrusted with this. It's going to impact thousands, if not millions of lives. And I would not have been given this if I was not strong enough to handle it. There's some days that you just have to repeat that over and over and over in your head. And just know that it's not, it's not easy. They, they didn't come out of the womb with some special lucky charm. Um, they weren't given extra tools. You know, they might have different tools to you because they learned them along the way or who they, who they associated with. But they came out just like you, not knowing anything. And they, they had to pay their dues. There's a lot of people who think, you know, you look like 
like at a company, a big company like Nike. And you think, yeah. ooh, that would be the life, right? Yeah. Then you read their memoir and you're like, oh, oh crap. Yeah. You're like, mm, maybe I don't want that, that kind of right. success. But <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not how it looks on social media. I mean, but they're not, but also you want to be inspiring. So you're not going to, you're not going to put the, sh when it, you know, when it's the sh show on there. So it, it, but just know it's happening for everyone all the time. And so when it happens for you, don't be like, well, I must be doing it wrong or I must've done this. This no. must not be the right role. Oh, I'm sorry. You're still human. Like the rest of us, exactly. it's going to happen. And it's part of the journey. Yeah. And I mean, on that same note too, is I tend to look at when I see leaders of company, you know, cause I've been in high level leadership roles, like outside of what even I'm doing now. And, you know, it's a lot. Like that's kind of like an understatement, right? Because like you said, you have that pressure of, you know, all the kind of souls that are waiting on your soul kind of when you look at it like that. And I've always felt like there are some people out there who, you know, are numb to that that fact alone, that there are people in the equation, right? And I, and I just, I like polka dot powerhouse for the sense that they, you guys don't, you remember that there are people, <laughs> go right. figure, involved. Right. And complaints go up, they don't go down. So the person, right. the higher you get up in a company that, you know, even if you don't start that way, because I certainly didn't start that way and I'm still working on it, but you have to have a little bit more thicker skin than everybody below. And, and it's not that people, again, people are well-intentioned, but they forget how hard you're working and what you've sacrificed and all that. And so, and in times, especially like in a year, like we're having right now that we're taping this in, mm -hmm. everybody is on edge and needs to, it, that steam's gotta be released somehow. So, you know, as you get higher, just remember that complaints go up and that's how it's supposed to be. That's how yeah. it should be. Agreed. Agreed. But as you are the one complaining, remember that you're probably not the only person they heard from that day. Yeah. I mean, and that's, and it's interesting to hear you say it that way, because sometimes you hear, you know, lack of, lack of a better phrase, shit rolls downhill, right? You hear that a lot in the corporate space, right? right. Um, no, but in the corporate world, we have indoor plumbing. So, you know, exactly. <laughs> we push it wherever we need to, um, right. but you know, in the polka dot powerhouse world, as well as a lot of entrepreneurial, you know, startups, whatever that is, I mean, that feedback does go all the way to the top and, you know, it can be hard to hear. And, but at the same time, I think you are the type of person, at least from what I know of you, you know, that you are hearing it all. You are mm -hmm. taking it all under consideration, whether or not you act on it or not is another thing, right? Because it right. May, or, may or may not be in the vision for that right. moment, right? Absolutely. I think it's important. And again, it took me many years to learn this. So if you're forever, whoever's starting out, you're not going to have this refined. It comes over time that I, I've gotten really good at listening of being compassionate, of being empathetic with people. But then after I'm out of the, the conversation, um, asking myself, okay, how does this fit to the, through the filter? Right. Does right. it fit through the filter? So is this, you know, yes, I want to hear people's input and I want to know what's going on and all, all the time. But I also, at the end of the day, have to put it through the filter and scoop up what's left to, to work with. Otherwise, you just, be, you just become beat down. You know, right. there's just no way of, to avoid that. Yeah, agreed. And I mean, in your case, you have three or 4,000 people with, with their two cents and with their opinions, some of them amazing. I know that's something to celebrate actually. Um, you know, and that can be, that can be overwhelming. So, you know, kudos to anyone at the top of any organization um, and anybody who's not, you know, just try to have a little bit of grace and, you know, give grace and space for those in those roles because you don't see the whole picture, right? Right. And then there's some people too, that they may only have five people that they're hearing from, right. um, but, but, but those are maybe 
bigger ammunition. You know what I right. mean? So even if your organization only has five or 10 people, you may be getting the same kind of, um, uh, you know, same kind of feedback that someone that has 3,000 or 5,000 right. or 10,000 people around them has. And so it's just, it's a matter of hearing it all, taking it in and filtering it through. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, what do you think about, you know, vulnerability for a leader? I think that's, you know, you, you touched upon it a little bit a minute ago, but some of, some leaders are like, you know, you cannot see through my shield. I will, you know, look bulletproof, all that stuff, but I, I'm with you. Vulnerability is kind of a, is a good trait as a leader, It is right? because again, I think it, I think it brings you closer and especially a company like we have a connection company. Again, I wasn't good at it at first for sure. Uh, but I learned over time that the more honest I was with who I was as a person, number one, I was more comfortable. Yeah. And number two, people were more comfortable around me and felt more um, aligned with me and trusted me in ways that they didn't before, you know, because we may see people and think that's going on that, like, oh, you know, like I thought about, oh, but we know down deep inside that that's not the case. And so if all we can see is this perfection shield, then there's an element of us that don't trust or don't believe right. or whatever. And so, and also, like I said before, I, I love when leaders tell the truth because we are here doing what we're doing all the time for people behind us. Yes. And somewhere behind us, there's a leader that thinks that they have to have an imperfection to be respected, to be admired, to be successful. And it's like, no, you got it twisted. You have it twisted. Yeah. You have to be you. Yeah. And you have to help others. And that is, that is what brings all of those things. And so for me, you know, again, it, it was a hard process, but for me, it was number one. It was so it, it relieves so much stress in me to know that, hey, I give everybody who I am. And I'm not for everybody, that's for sure. But if I give everybody who I am and they walk away, then I can feel okay about that. Right. Because I, I know that I have to be true to me. If I give them an illusion, and they walk, then I never, ever build relationship with anyone. No. And, you, and that, you know what, that's hard to keep up too. At some point, like I've seen it as you probably have too, with, with good amount of leaders that have tried to keep that illusion that have tried yeah. to keep kind of that bulletproof facade up. It at some point will crack. Right. And that is almost like a bigger PR nightmare and a bigger you know, downfall than it could have been if you had just save it, you know, saved yourself the trouble. Right. Because I don't know about anybody else. I'm assuming that most people are like me, that they make a lot of mistakes on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of spackle yep. trying to cover that up. Exactly. <laughs> right. I'm like, good luck. You know what I mean? I hear that sometimes too. They're like, oh my goodness, you look like you're slaying it. Or, oh my goodness, everything looks so well put together. I'm like, yeah, because it's social media. Like, and I, it's one thing to be honest, but am I going to put, like you said, if we just spent all our times putting kind of like the shit shows on online, I'd be... I don't know, tweeting every day, you know, <laughs> like, it's a mess, but. Right. And yeah. you know, not that, you know, it's great to celebrate your successes and, right. and how much you've grown because being a CEO, a founder, CEO, a top executive, you have to grow. Like there, there is right. no, there's other, no way. other way. So there's Agreed. a lot to celebrate, but it, there, there is a lot to be said about being honest about your shortcomings, the mistakes you have learned from and being honest with who you are because you're here to connect, you know, whether you own a connection company or you own something else at the end of the day, you are doing that more than likely to affect lives. Right. And you only do that when you give people a piece of you. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and that's, I love to hear you say that because I think sometimes I'm a big proponent of 
putting the uh, humans back in business, right? <laughs> like, um, which is why we're talking. It's a connection company for a reason. And, you know, you for, people forget sometimes, especially when they're on high and they have thousands of people below them, that those people are not just stats, right? They're not just numbers, that they are people. And, you know, you're right. You can't do that without right. giving a piece of yourself, right? Absolutely. And for our, for our company, and I've been told this is really unusual, which surprises me, but all of our, myself and all of our upper leaders are as involved in the membership as the members. So yeah. we're not like in a hierarchy, just looking down planning. We are planning and doing all of those things, but we are connecting every, every week with members where, right. you know, we do things that, you know, the other members do. Um, because for me, it was really important. And I've always said, if, if there becomes a day that we're not able to be involved in, in the membership, then we need to step away. Right, exactly. And I mean, that must, again, I know we've used this phrase a couple of times in this, in this interview, but a fine line, right? Because it's like, the more you open yourself up, the more you open yourself up to stuff, right? right? And so, and you oh, yeah. are, still days, Well, I'm an ambivert. Yeah. So every time I, before this interview, before I go live in front of hundreds, I love to do it, but there are, there is still that talking myself down yeah. because there is a little bit, there is some anxiety because again, you know, it's like exercise. You feel amazing when you're doing it. You love to do it. It's getting yourself there. Yeah. So I've certainly been at hotel rooms, you know, before I was going to be live in front of people saying, how do you get yourself into this kind of stuff? Like what is going on? Eve? Is that an right. Right. So it's not, again, it's not like that's not happening either. That, you know, that is, that's a real thing. And I don't, maybe for the extroverts, that's not happening, but for the introverts and ambiverts, it's happening on a, on a yeah. real and regular, but you just, you, you know, you judge, am I feeling fear because an alligator is chasing me or I'm feeling fear because I'm pushing myself. Yeah. And if I'm exactly. pushing myself, I got to keep walking, you know? Right. There's a distinct difference, right? And I think, you know, to your point as a leader, there's a constant, you know, it's, it's, it is a process, like you said, like you're never going to be perfect at every little thing. That's virtually impossible, right? And, you know, but you're, what I've always found from you is that you're always kind of growing. You know, you're better than you were six years ago. And, you know, even you, you were the first to admit, like if somebody comes up and I'm done connecting, I'm done connecting. Like my energy is zapped. I'm done. Don't take offense. Like I'm just, I need to go sleep somewhere. Right. And that's the ambivert thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I need, I love connecting with our dots. I love speaking in front of people. I love spreading the word of what connection and sisterhood is all about, but then usually I'll come home and I'll need a week without meetings. Yeah. Right. Like I need, I, I, I am who I am and I need that downtime. I, I need time to decompress and process everything I've heard, seen, felt. Right. And I think that, that it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that. Cause I think some, sometimes people just push and push and push. Um, you know, and I've, I say that for myself after, especially after I run dot meetings, right. Because it's back to back hours and hours of connecting, which I absolutely love in the moment, but I can feel myself as I get to, you know, nine o'clock at night, I hit that wall and I'm like, okay. And I literally will say to my husband, I'm done peopling. <laughs> That's the phrase. I'm like, I'm all done. I'm done peopling. I'm good. I need to like revert, like get back in my bed and watch TV. I'll say I become jello. I mean, yeah. especially right now when we're taping this during um, pandemic year, 
yeah. there's a lot of zooms and I'll say like about four hours of zoom and I turn jello. So yeah, exactly. And I'm like, and I, I warn people too. I'm like, it's not that I don't want to talk to you. It's right. not that I don't want to be pleasant to you. I'm just tapped right. out and that happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, share with our audience, cause you know, having been through the journey that you've been on, I mean, one of the key questions that we asked all of our launch guests and stuff like that is, you know, what has gotten you through kind of those darker moments or that, you know, the down ones before the up, all of those, like, what have you done to kind of get yourself through? Well, a couple of things. Number one, I, I lean a lot on my sister because I knew that she sent this to me. Right. And I knew that for me, what I want people to feel is that feeling I had with my sister of being so connected and so accepted, even with my many flaws that any dream was possible for me. That is the community I want to create. And so on days I'm really, really frustrated. Um, a lot of times I'll lean on her and I'll be like, this was a funny joke you did to me, but okay, cool. I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Thanks Um, for this, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, um, I am very close. Um, I have a very close relationship with God and I'm, I lean in that a lot. Right. And then I, I have, like I said, a handsome husband and three grown chick kids and um, my relationship with them is strong, but we have like a nature trail in our back and I walk a lot. I, I spend time alone. And then like this year, especially I work on myself um, because I'm a work in progress too. Yeah. And so, you know, exercise and, and making sure I'm eating right, things like that. You know, so really kind of concentrating on keeping myself prime right. so that I can handle whatever else is coming. Which is, which is key. I think we, we refer to um, kind of self-care and exercise and staying healthy in this resilient entrepreneur world as a business strategy. Quite frankly, because it's, I don't know how people think, and I've done that too. You know, some of my health issues in the backstory that I pushed and pushed and pushed until my body said no more. So I give you kudos for doing that. I mean, how much weight have you lost? Cause you've been on a crazy. Um, in the last three months, I, uh, and do get all healthy. I, I'm yeah, 51 years old. So I said, I cannot do one more fad diet. I can't do exactly. any of that. No, nothing against them. I just can't do it. Yeah. But I have lost 37 pounds in the last three months just by exercising. I love to lift and eating clean, getting in the water and making sure I get the appropriate amount of sleep yes. um, because I want the second half of my life to be the, the, the healthiest. I mean, I'm not, I don't have anything chronic, but I know the fairies won't carry me forever. Right. And so I, I want that second half of my life to be the healthiest. I love that. The fairies won't carry you forever. It's so true. They've done their job. They've carried me yeah, this far. Good job this far, guys, but let me help you out a little bit. You know, and have you found kind of like your, your mind and your ability to think on your feet better and like your clarity and execution from a business standpoint is kind of improved with that too? Yes, yes, and also the opposite. So I was always great at being on my feet. Oh, yeah. and then sometimes I would give a decision that I regretted or I thought, if I just slept on that. So yeah. something that wasn't comfortable for me, but I've been doing the last, at least the last year, is saying, you know what, I need to sleep on this and make sure yeah. the decision that I have after I sleep, because sleep is my reset. Me too. I, I am an angry, crazy. Me too. Nobody um, likes me person. either. Yeah. yeah, I'm whiny also. Not fun. So I need to sleep to be totally on, 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 you know, my point and know my filter and all that. So I, I most of the time, if it's something really important or um, that takes a lot of my time, a commitment of my time, I will ask to sleep on the decision to make sure it still feels the same in the morning. And that's something that's a total departure from what I used to do. Which is awesome. I mean, and that, that's a, that's a, you know, a great thing to hear just from your business growth standpoint, because I think sometimes that can be hard to say. 
Because yeah. I've had to say it as a leader too in the past. And like people are like, no, we need the answer now. And like, do you though? Do you really? Do you really need that right now? Like, is, is, it may not be the answer you want. If you do, I might exactly. have to decline because if you don't respect me enough to give me time to process, then you're telling me that it's not a priority for you. Right. Right. You're telling me you're, that what you're putting forth is the priority period, right. like in your agenda is, which is a completely different ballgame than- Which maybe you should tell me something. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I just, and I love the fact that you're saying sleep is your reset because I'm, I'm exactly the same way. And I think there is kind of this mentality around entrepreneurship, this hustle, this grind, this like, you know, sleeplessness, you yeah, know, sleep when you're dead type of thing, yeah. which I don't know, maybe it's getting older. I mean, I used to be like that. And then, you know, a light switch flipped and I was like, no more, my body can't do it. I mean, so I just love that you that you say that, <laughs> period. Um, you know, so are there any other kind of last things that you want to, to share with our audience of entrepreneurs um, that you think would be really, really good for them to hear? Yeah, you know, one of the, or something I really think is important that leaders hear is a reminder that you would not have been given the dream, you would not have been given the vision if you were not the person right. to bring it. Um, you will need help. I know I have to balance myself because I'm super strong in some areas and not great in other areas. I'm really bad at like 97% of the things. Mm -hmm. So I have to balance myself. But I have to remember that, look, I am not broken. Right. You are not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. You've yeah. been given this vision. And that means if it's something that won't leave your heart, you're either meant to investigate it, it turns into something else. But you are the person because that's, that's where it went to home at, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, there's just that message that if we're not good at a lot of things, that we're broken, we need to be improved, we need to be fixed. No, you're gonna need help and that's why we're here on this earth together, right? right is to exactly. work with each other. But if you were given the vision in the way that it would not leave you alone, you can trust that you are the person to do this. Right. Amen. And I mean, I think it's also, it's what that vision does not need to look the same, you know, in this nice little wrapped up bow that some people make it seem like, I think, and I've referenced this on, on previous, episodes where I think it's Steve Harvey of all people who gives a talk about like his friend and his friend was super good at cutting grass. And that was his vision. And everyone was like, why the hell would you want to cut grass? And he's like, because it's my gift. That's what I have to bring to the planet. That is what my vision is. And the guy's like a multimillionaire now cutting grass, yeah. you know? So for anyone listening, it doesn't have to be this huge monumental thing. It's what you are good at and what you've been blessed with from a skill, from a skill set, right? Absolutely. And from our story, um, we don't have enough time to go through it all today, but it also doesn't have to look like a success from day one. Yeah. On our story, we only had one paid member for months and months. And we were, we had, I had people really caring about me saying, you got to call this thing. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't work. It's making everything look bad. You got to call it. And I just had to stress my gut. So most, not all the time, but most of the time, people who are really successful, it looks like a failure first. Yeah. Yeah. But your gut knows whether to call it or whether to keep going. Exactly. Your gut and I always knows. Yeah, it does. And I think, but I think in order for you to hear your gut, you need to quiet down enough and you need to slow down enough to be able to hear and say, no, like you said before, like now that you've kind of gotten more of a self-care, you know, exercise routine and sleep routine in place, you actually have the wherewithal to say no pause retreat, think about it, come back. Whereas I think sometimes if you're running so fast and people are throwing things at you, a failure may seem like a stopping point, right? And it's not necessarily that it's just, you just need to hunker down and get clearer on your vision. Absolutely. And I think that you also need to be very selective 
on the people you spend lots and lots of time with. Absolutely. Because those people have to not just be running noise. They have to, number one, respect who you are and all the things that go with that. And number two, respect how you process, right? Because we all have people in our world that constantly want us, nope, you're making the decision now. Nope, if you're going to constantly do that to me, I need to not have you in my space a lot. Yeah, yeah. I need to honor myself by surrounding myself with people who get me and will respect my processes. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's, there's so many people out there too. I remember I posted a quote about like, if you have a really great idea, don't tell it to somebody who's gonna, you know, knock it, knock it right. down to the ground, right? And I, I remember there being some people who were actually kind of sent me some messages that were offended by that, you know, or like, you know, and I'm like, it's not, it's nothing to take offense at, but you know, if you have a dream, you can't align your, you can't align yourself with, you know, for lack of a better term, yes, men, but right. you can't align yourself with people who are going to give you every reason in the book. It's not going to work either. Right. And, you know, let's look at the numbers. Everybody is important in this world, but there's a very small percentage who do the tough job of pursuing right. their dream. And there's a reason for that. And a lot of times we will make people uncomfortable. Yes. When we push the limits, we, they will, number one, they'll be in fear that we'll lose you know, the need for them or, or yeah. we'll go to a different level. It's very scary for people. And so we have to be choosy on who you share your dreams with. Not that you want, like you said, a lot of yes people. You want people that say, you know, that, that could even say that, that sounds difficult, but I'm sure if you find a way, we could do right. that. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it, it can, it's going to be difficult, right? Like we all know that I think, and, but I think you're, you hit the nail on the head when you said there are some people who are going to fall away. There's some people, and I speak to this a lot when I started my company, there are some people who want a front row seat to your failure. That's why they're there, right? They want to see what you're going to do. You know, ooh, is she going to fall on her face? Ooh, is this going to get messed up? And, you know, have at it, guys. Sit in the front row. But, you know, that just gives at least me more fuel to perform. Right, and there's, there are also people who say, I want to, that want to be able to say, I told you so. Exactly, yes. I told you so. And you just don't need, those people need to exist in this world. It's not that you should yes. ignore them, but they don't need a front row seat to yell yeah. these things as you're doing it. You know? No, because that's not necessarily about you. They're right. like, their critiques, their I told you so is whatever that negative crap is that comes out of the mouth isn't about you. And I say this with love, but that's not your shit to own. That's right. theirs. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, right. let them have it and that's fine. And it's not to be mean. You don't have to be mean about it, but it's, there are boundaries in place for a reason, folks, right? Absolutely. No, and you, you have, again, if you're following a big vision, you have to have them, you know, to scale a mountain yeah. requires the right tools and the right concentration and the right focus. And so you have an obligation to set those boundaries or it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and then coming full circle to what you said earlier, you know, when you have people who are kind of following your vision or relying on your vision to succeed or go to the next level, you know, you, you have an obligation to them as well yeah. to kind of Absolutely. succeed and to bring your gift to the world. Right. Right. And, and sometimes you have to remind yourself of that. Sometimes when it gets hard and all that, look, I've been given this dream. I have a responsibility to people mm -hmm. and to myself. And sometimes that will actually pull you out of a funk or a dark hole right. or that period of doubt because you'll realize, look, this is even bigger than me. Right, right. And you know, and I think it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting slope sometimes too because I hear people of like, well, if that's a, if that's a dream, it's a mission. You can't use it to make money. I'm like, but then how can you serve your people if right. you're not bringing in money on the other side, right? Like it has to, you know, there has to be kind of an exchange of energy on both ends of things. Well, and I think that's, 
unfortunately part of what we've been taught as females, right? You should just give everything you have. Mm -hmm. well, how does that yeah. help? How does that help the world? If your cup is constantly empty, how are you going to help people? Most of the most successful people in the world are huge philanthropists. Right. And so they use their money, they use their wealth to help other people. But if you are constantly in the scarcity mentality, right. which, may have, which you may have been conditioned in, right? It's not your fault necessarily. Yeah, not your fault at all. Um, but if you're in that, you know, you need to find a way to pull yourself out because you know, you, you, you have to be successful to help people behind you as well. Yeah, exactly. And to turn around and kind of give that hand up to bring someone else up with you. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you so much. Um, I don't want this conversation to end and I feel like we could talk for hours on it, but that's not how this works. So, but anyways, can you tell people, you know, where they can find you? Yes, um, actually, uh, polkadotpowerhouse.com is our website. Um, there is a link to there to, to hear my full the full story of how this happened um on facebook it's uh facebook.com slash shano smiles i love that yeah and i'm on instagram but we're not going to go there because I, I haven't homed into that yet i'm just like <laughs> one post a year we're not quite there you'll get uh, there you'll get there. Yeah. Um, and, and also guys, I'm excited to announce. So for members of the surviving entrepreneurship community, keep your eyes out because I will be dropping a link to the polka dot powerhouse website in there so that you can check out guys. One of the perks is that there are meetings all across the country and some across the world, right? So when your membership allows you to go to one anytime, anywhere, and especially in the pandemic era where there were, most of them are online, you could be talking to someone from Idaho tomorrow and, you know, California the next day, depending on where you are. Um, and we'll also be dropping in a $30 off coupon code for your membership purchase as well, which is awesome. So um, thank you so much for coming on today. I am looking forward to sharing this interview with the world for you. Thank you, Michelle. It's been a pleasure. Oh my goodness, guys. Wow. So <laughs> I don't even know which one of which point of that interview was my favorite part? There are just so many great nuggets in there. And, and it ran a little longer than I typically do for interviews, but I just didn't want to cut it off because there was so much value that I know you could you know benefit from in our conversation. But I mean, if I had to pick absolutely one of them that sticks out, it really does have to do with running everything through your filter right? So when you come, I see this all the time that entrepreneurs will come to the table with this amazing vision. And then everybody kind of starts weighing in and giving their opinion of that vision. And then before you know it, the vision is morphed. The entrepreneur doesn't know where the heck their, you know, original idea went and nobody's really happy with that, right? So be sure to run it through, you know, every opinion that you get, every little bit of feedback that you get, run it through, you know, your filter, your filter for what your true vision of success, joy, your company, all of those things is, right? Awesome. So, and on the next episode, I am so excited to welcome back my dear friend, Deborah Vogue, who, if you've listened to the launch episodes, she had one kick-ass interview, guys. She is a crisis navigation partner, a seasoned entrepreneur, and just a beautiful person. So be sure to tune in for that. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, and review, and, you know, tell a friend because who couldn't use a little bit more resilience in their life, right guys? See you later.